1: Have you ever noticed that you take one particular walking route to the shops only to take a completely different route on the way back? I certainly do this. And it turns out we might not be the only ones. Based on a recent paper published in Nature Computational Science, this is more common than you might think and could be because our brains try to always take the pointiest, not necessarily the fastest route to their destination. Werner Wiesinen spoke with senior author Carlo Ratti from MIT to find out more. What we have been doing in the, in the last paper is look at big data, big data in cities, in order to see how humans navigate cities. We looked at two very different cities, Boston and San Francisco. San Francisco is much more like a grid-based structure. Boston has a lot of very small streets, especially in the centre next to Beacon Hill. You know, The surprising thing is actually the same criteria, the same law applies in both cities. And what we discover is actually that we don't follow the shortest path, uh, but actually follow a different optimization criteria, which is based on angular deviation, what we called pointiest path. The other interesting thing is that what you see is that A to B and B to A are not necessarily symmetrical. If you follow the shortest path, it would be the same. If you don't follow the shortest path, you would expect a difference in going from A to B or B to A. And that's what we measure both in Boston and San Francisco. And I'm pretty sure this will be validated in many other cities across the world, also with very different urban textures.
2: What was the motivation for you to study this?
1: That dates back to when I was a student at Cambridge in the UK. At the time, I realized that the way for me to go from the college to the department was different than the way back from the department to the college. That was quite frustrating. I couldn't figure out if it was only me, or if there was something that actually I would share in terms of navigation with uh, you know, my fellow students and uh, with everybody else in the city. At the time, however, we didn't have a lot of big data in cities, so it was difficult to validate the hypothesis. However, in recent years, things have changed. Now with smartphones, there's uh, a lot of data which is being collected from uh, aggregate people in the city. So by looking at this data, looking at big data analytics, then we could really figure out that uh, what I initially noticed in my university days is something that's quite common in the way we navigate cities the optimization criteria in our brain seems to be very close to what happens with animals. So it has been very well recorded with mice and other animals that they usually follow what is called vector-based navigation, looking at the target and trying to get as fast as possible to the target. Well, that's a bit different than the shortest path, and that seems to be how our brains are wired in order to navigate cities.
2: So why is it that humans follow this vector-based navigation instead of following the fastest route to the destination?
1: Naturally, from a cognitive load point of view, is much easier to follow vector-based navigation. Shortest path calculation can be quite taxing. Our smartphones, our computers can do them, but you know they take a lot of computation in, in our brain. So we could actually speculate that probably thousands of years ago in the savannah, it was good enough in order to point to the target. And uh, you know, that would actually free some additional computing power in our brain to avoid the lion maybe on the path. And today we might do the same thing in the middle of the urban jungle to avoid an aggressive SUV
2: you looked at pedestrianized walking data, but would similar principles apply if people were driving or cycling?
1: Of course, we we believe that this also applies to when we are driving a car or riding a bike. It's a bit more difficult to measure that in the city. And the reason is that if you are in your car, then there's a number of constraints. One-way streets, you can turn left, you cannot turn right. So, and that changes a bit, you know, the data you're collecting. While as a pedestrian, if the street is open, then you can normally go in the street in both
2: directions. So you talked about sort of abnormalities in driving or cycling data. In terms of the pedestrianised data, how did you deal with people not really walking to a particular destination, for example, stopping off at the shops on the way or going around in circles?
1: When we got the anonymized traces uh, about movement in the city, the first thing we did was actually create what is called an OD metrics. OD means origin destination. So you look at for every origin and destination on the trip, When you're looking at ODs, automatically you're excluding people who might just go for a stroll and go for a walk without having a clear origin and destination.
2: So what's the sort of relevance of this to the everyday person? What could they learn from it? Today, we
1: work more and more with technology. You know, we navigate the city, look in our smartphones. Tomorrow, we might be in self-driving cars. What we are seeing here is actually that our brain follows a different optimization criteria than uh, the smartphones in our pocket. And So it's very important to understand the behavior of both in order to create a better coupling.
2: In terms of relative time lost, how much slower are humans on average compared to the optimal route?
1: The shortest path and the pointiest path, they're not that different. So you could argue that the pointiest path is good enough. The key thing is that it depends on the urban mesh, on the network of streets and, you know, how you optimize there. In some cases, you might lose very little. In some other cases, you might even lose like 10%. Certainly in my university days at Cambridge, uh, I was probably losing 5% of my time by actually not taking the shortest path, but the pointiest path. Uh, I could tell now my supervisor at the time that could have finished my PhD much earlier.